Meet Parker Bennett, real estate agent. Parker loves cabinets. Parker has a background in building inspections, so he knows houses. This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. What is lurking in the real estate market in Kamloops for 2022? That's the question on the tip of everybody's tongue these days, and I have to answer this question religiously on every phone call, every prospect buyer, every prospect seller. Are we, are we at the peak? Is the peak yet to come? When will the peak be here? And uh, when's the best time to buy and sell? So uh, that is the topic of today's podcast. It's real estate time. I'm your host, Parker Bennett from Royal LePage Westwind Realty. And uh, today on today's podcast, we're going to talk about Parker's perspective for the real estate market in 2022. If you've been watching Bitcoin or Ethereum or cryptocurrency in general recently, last two, three months, you've noticed a pretty significant decline in their evaluations. This kind of has investors chatting for the most part about when the peak of the market will hit here in BC and prices will start to fall. Traditionally, government usually raises interest rates, cools off the demand, definitely for investors. When things stop debt servicing and money is not so cheap to acquire, then borrowing slows down, investors pull back, um, it's harder to get approved for mortgages. This cuts out maybe the uh, lower end, kind of the people that are just squeaking through getting pre-qualified for purchasing. This definitely affects the demand, um, which changes that ratio of supply and demand. In BC, a study was done by the BC Real Estate Association recently that looked at how many buyers per seller listing was in each demographic area of the province. And what they noted was three buyers per one listing was the average across BC as a whole. And I, I promise you that is not a reflection of the Kamloops market. We were much higher than three to one. I'm guessing five, six to one, because they didn't really outline Kamloops in that study, but they did outline that Victoria was the worst at nine buyers per one seller. So let's just all agree for one moment that we have a problem. We have a supply and demand problem. On one hand, supply is extremely low and we have lots of buyers. So demand is high. What do we do about that? What can we honestly do about that? First, let's verify that we have a supply problem. Today, January 25th, uh, 2021, 22. Well, I'm a year behind. Oh my goodness. Um, so much for Parker's perspective on 2022. We're doing 2021. Uh, currently today, we have 129 active listings for single family detached homes inside the city limits of Kamloops. And I know it's January and typically there's not as many listings on the market in January as there would be, let's say in May or June, but that number is extremely low. It has been low for the entire duration of COVID. It's been low for four or five years. It hasn't been this low ever. Even for a January, that number is low. If out of that 129 listings, if I were to remove 
the listings that have been listed in the last seven days, that would kick out another 40 listings. Meaning that there's only 40 listings that have just popped up and those are probably already gone. Of that 129 listings, I'd have to take a guess because I can't pull this data out of our system, but I would suspect that probably closer to 50% of them have accepted offers and are currently in a conditional contract setting. Meaning there's no freaking inventory. There's no listings for sale. So you can't deny the fact that we don't have inventory. Okay, so we got a problem. And we all agree that we don't have much inventory. So what do we do about it? Can we mandate people to list their houses? Can we create legislation that makes people that are on the cusp of selling their home, you got to go do it? I wish you could. If you could, please refer me. But you can't. That's not really an option. So we have to deal with the we have to deal with the demand side of things. At least at least in a micro sense. I think in a macro sense, the real problem that we have in British Columbia, the real problem that we have in Canada is that we have more people uh, requiring housing than we have houses, which is a bigger pro- bigger pl- problem. And the only way to fix that problem is to build more houses, build more multifamily complexes. Um, we, we continue to densify areas of our communities um, the bigger cities and the bigger municipalities. I know Kamloops has been trying to densify the downtown core. That's been a strategic plan of the city for for several years now. And when we're in a situation like this, we we need to create incentives for builders to build instead of making it more difficult to build a home. And, and I don't know for sure if making it more difficult, I don't know if that's a fair accusation that we have as a problem right now going on, but we need to build more houses. We need to build more homes. We need more of them. That's the bigger problem. But that's really a macro issue. And, and, and the government is thinking more micro at this point in time. I believe there are steps underway to create more housing in Canada in general, um, but I am more affordable housing. I know that's a topic for the previous election that just happened. But uh, from a micro perspective, typically governments raise interest rates. That cools off investors. That cools off the people that can barely make the grade, so to speak. As far as uh, debt servicing a mortgage, you know, if, if maybe they were ready to uh, purchase a home and they were pre-qualified for 500 and the median house price is like 680 690 whatever it is recently. I know the average price is well over 700 in Kamloops for a single-family detached home. So if you're qualified for 500 and the mortgage rates go up and that drops your qualification down to 450, I mean, you're just out. Or you have to look at a more rural setting. So raising the interest rates is, is definitely on the rise. It's definitely a topic that's coming around the corner. And I don't think there is a single Canadian that believes that interest rates won't go up in the spring. They could be going up in days for that matter. I think we're sitting somewhere in the prime rate of 2.45 as of this podcast, which is still unbelievably low interest rates um, from a perspective of what has interest rates been over the course of the last 20 years. Interest rates are record lows. So the other thing that the government typically will do is do some legislation around uh, the real estate market to try and control the situation that's uh, undergoing. 
And the uh, liberals have done just that. They've introduced a potential home buyer's bill of rights. And I want to read it. I, I kind of find it a little bit ridiculous. So um, you know which way I sway on this. But they have introduced the concept of uh, banning blind bidding, which I want to talk about in a minute. Uh, they want to establish a right for a buyer to have a home inspection. And from my past you know, industry as a home inspector, I obviously am on board for this one. I, I think everybody, nobody should be persuaded away from doing due diligence on a home because it's so aggressive. The market is so aggressive that, you know, I got to take a chance on this house because if I, if I ask to take a peek under the hood, I'm not going to get a crack at buying it. So I'm, I'm on board for the legal right to do a home inspection. Um, they want to ensure some transparency with regards to previous home sales history, which all you have to do is call a realtor. They can figure that out. But regardless, um, th- there is some other issues with regards to you know, a mortgage deferral system where, you know, if another ep- pandemic, like, I mean, we're not out of the pandemic. So, you know, if there's a situation where you lose your employment due to pandemic, major illness, there should be a larger deferral system that's mandated inside a mortgage. So there's no foreclosure, which so far, everything that I've talked about, and none of this attacks the demand issue or supply issue. So I'm not sure this is going to affect anything. Um, And then another one that's going to happen around the April season of the year is this cooling off period, which is interesting. And I know there's been a lot of debate. I know that the real estate community in general is probably not in favor of this. Um, But let's dive into a little bit more about what that really means. So you make an offer on a property And even though you were in a multiple offer situation and you competed, you went aggressive on your pricing, maybe you removed some of your due diligence and you you created a clean contract, so to speak, where you didn't have conditions and terms in there that would affect the potential of the seller not being able to, the buyer and seller not being able to complete on the transaction. Um, In this case, the cooling off period would mandate a certain amount of time where the buyer would have the right to back out of the deal without any sort of implications. They would get their deposit back. They wouldn't have to fulfill their their due diligence. They wouldn't have to fulfill their contract in any way, shape, or form. And this is not new to real estate worldwide. There are countries that practice this this cooling off period, so to speak. Uh, Sweden does it. I know Australia does it. I think New Zealand is also another country that does it. And if you look at statistically, worldwide, some of the greatest COVID housing market price increases, like the hottest real estate markets worldwide, Sweden is up there. Uh, Australia is up there. They, they all practice this cooling off period. So I don't believe the cooling off is going to cool off the real estate market in any way, shape, or form. But I, I do believe it's going to cause some problems. If you can imagine a buyer who is maybe less than serious or it's an investment and they want to take a crack at a property, they could make a bid. That bid could be not as real as another person's bid. Meaning, 
They could outbid. They could create a, a really large offer. And then when they win that offer, when they win that multiple offer with our current blind bid system, um, they, they could just back out. They could make multiple offers on multiple properties. And if they get a whole bunch of them, they could just choose the best one because they could just literally say, well, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to buy five properties, but now I've decided against it. It doesn't sound like a really good idea. And, and the, I think the real reason that we have a cooling off period incentive right now is because the government is under some impression that realtors force feed their buyers. You know, you got to buy this property. Like that doesn't happen. At least I'm not aware of it happening in Kamloops. I have realtor buddies. I know how they operate. I have realtor enemies and I still don't think they operate in that manner. I don't see that as being a major problem, at least in our real estate market here in Kamloops. I don't think people are force feeding or upselling or pressuring people to buy homes. The pressure to buy a home is coming from the fact that the market is going up in value and it's an outstanding investment. You want to put your money in crypto? Well, that seemed really good until about September of this year, of this past year. Um, and maybe it corrects itself. I don't know. We've talked about, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum. We talked about crypto a little bit on this podcast before. It's something that I dabble in. So I'm always uh, interested in the topic of cryptocurrency. Uh, but for a real investment, real estate has been the greatest investment of all time forever. You know, there's, there's never been, you'll never meet a 60-year-old human being who says, you know, I bought a home back in 1985 and I really wish I hadn't because I paid too damn much for it. And now I can't get my money back out of it. I mean, that's a statement that's never been made. And actually, you know, while we're on that topic, this is kind of going off topic, but we're on topic of some sort. There is a home price index that has just been created um, from the BC, BC Real Estate Association that we as realtors have access to. And I was playing with it a little bit today. And uh, I noted that it's, it's freaking accurate. So let me describe how it works. Home price index. If you bought a home in 2008 and you paid 150000 for it, and it was in a particular subdivision, in a particular neighborhood, and it was a particular style of home, you can use the price index to indicate what that home would be worth today. And it's incredibly close to being accurate. Now, it doesn't take into account that you've added 700 square feet of additional space. It doesn't include the fact that you've added a double car garage in the backyard. It's literally just saying, on general, if you have a rancher and you're in Aberdeen and it's a single family detached home and you bought it in 2008, here's the price that it should be worth today. I looked it up. I looked up recent sales um, previous to January, because January seems like it's an excessively crazy month. And if you look at the last 18 months, I feel like January of 2022 is, is where I see the most ridiculous over asking scenarios that are going on. So, um, this, this home price index seems to be pretty interesting. It's a, it's a cool tool. And if you're, you know, chatting with your realtor, should definitely get them to check it out and uh, see where they're at with their evaluation on your home if you're listing. Anyways, getting back to our, our problem of supply and demand. None of those features that have been introduced as a, a potential 
legislative change in the real estate market really nip the fact that we have limited inventory for real estate. Unless interest rates go through the roof, I think that's the only way in the micro sense that we're going to be able to cool this these certain conditions. And I want to talk about some of the reasons why we have limited inventory. I've spoken to many of folks who have said, I would love to sell. It, you know, we want to downsize. We, we don't have the kids downstairs anymore. We don't, have, we don't need the backyard anymore. We don't need the big yard. We would love to buy a townhouse. But the truth is we're terrified of selling our home and having to find a home to purchase in this market. That's a problem. Because I think the same amount of people want to sell, want to transition their home, want to upsize, downsize, move from Brock to Aberdeen or Aberdeen to Rayleigh, you know, anywhere. The subdivision change, maybe your kids were in elementary school in Juniper and now they're high school Valley View and you want to make the transition for easier uh, access to sports and activities. People want to make those changes as they've always had. But the problem is, is they're terrified. There's a good portion of them that are terrified to put the for sale sign outside their house to sell their home uh, because they won't be able to find a home. And, and the truth is, in this market, it's very, very difficult to go and find a home and put an offer on it subject to sale. It does happen. But in a multiple offer situation, you are not going to be highlighted as one of the better options. You have to be creative. So um, that, that's one of the leading issues I see here in Kamloops with regards to inventory problems. There was a study, because um, this is another topic that the, the government has chatted about, blind bidding to open bidding. And this may come, I don't know. I, I never really know what's going to happen with um, the spring market with regards to what, you know, what government has in store for us. But they have discussed the option of open bidding system. So let's first talk about blind bidding because that's the current state that we operate here in, in, in Kamloops and BC, uh, in Canada in general. Blind bidding is where seller has their house on the market. It's being offered for sale at X price. Um, and you have four or five different buyers that want to make an offer on that property. And so you enter into a multiple offer situation which is completely blind. I mean, the seller will see your offer, will see the other agent's offer, will see the other three or four offers. They will not disclose to other buyers what those offers look like, what the terms and conditions look like. They will choose one and they either negotiate that one or they accept that one. It's a blind bidding system. And some school of thought with blind bidding is that the prices get carried away because you don't know what the other people are, are bidding. There might be some fact to that, but there are also studies, and I'm going to get into that in a minute, that show that that is not the case or it is at least not 100% certain that that's the case. So what's an open bidding system? An open bidding system is a scenario like an auction where you make an offer your terms and condition are open to the public and there's a certain amount of time where another buyer can evaluate your offer and make a better offer. And then this can carry on until the offers end and 
Then it closes and that's the sale. Some people think this is a better way of doing it. But there are peer-reviewed studies with regards to this exact scenario. And I'll just lightly toss them over because I actually haven't read them. I'm telling you third party. Uh, Six out of eight peer-reviewed studies indicate that the blind bidding system doesn't, doesn't make the price get more inflated. Man, I wish I had said that better. Uh, it, was such a, it was such a focal point of the discussion. Six out of eight peer-reviewed studies indicate that open bidding leads to higher prices. That's a way sweeter way to say that. Now, the other two peer-reviewed studies were six out of eight. The other two indicate that blind bidding actually increases the price, which tells me that there's probably no relevance to either way. It's just a scenario-by-scenario scenario issue. And I think if you have a supply and demand issue via no, no, no supply, lots of demand, price is going to go up. That's a law. That sounded a little dramatic, but the truth is that's the law of economics. Okay, let's go back to interest rates. Are they going up? Yes. I think we all agree they're going up. I think they're definitely going up. Uh, but I don't know how much they'll go up. I don't think anyone really knows how much they're going to go up. But I do believe they will be on the rise. If we, um, if we look at some of the demand issues that we have here in Kamloops, uh, we have a tool as realtors, and it's called Geolocation Analytics. And this is where we can actually pick a particular product like a townhouse, a single family detached home. We can even pick subdivisions, et cetera. And we can look at where the buyers have come from demographically in our province for those specific items. So in the last three months, I did this study with, uh, with a three month uh, timeframe. Looking at the products that we have here in Canvas, everything. So single family detached homes, condos, townhouses, modular homes, rural properties, everything. Currently, uh, 62.5% of the buyers that we've had in the last three months have come from Kamloops. So that means that they're Kamloops people moving around Kamloops. No big question there. Uh, 60s, 65, 70%. That's the number we've seen over the course of the last three or four years since our market has been in a seller's defined market. What's interesting is if we look at Vancouver, by Vancouver, I mean the greater Vancouver area, 21% buyers in the last three months have been purchasing coming out of the greater Vancouver market. 10.5% uh, have been from the Fraser Valley market. So in general, the lower mainland, if you want to call it that, I know that's not politically correct, but they got 31% of the market share here in Kamloops, just, just for the last three months meaning people are moving to Kamloops from the lower mainland. I don't believe that there is that many Kamloopians moving south. I know there are some, for sure. But I don't believe that that number, and I don't have that data for you. Uh, if we look at the central areas of BC and northern BC, we have 3.5% of those guys moving down uh, to warmer climates. The Kootenays has, makes up a 2% market share, and Vancouver Island just under 1%. So... The number here is interesting because I did this study probably about a year and a half ago, and I know that the Kamloops market was about 68%. So that means that that number has not changed. For three years, 30% of our inventory has been sucked up 
by lower mainland, greater Vancouver, Fraser Valley buyers. This is where our demand issue comes from. The other demand issue that I see right now is, is in the investment side of things. So if you look at apartments, condos, um, you know, houses with suites, even single family detached homes by themselves, it's a great place to park your money right now because with inflammatory conditions that we have in our country right now, your dollar is losing value by the day. And if you have a big savings account or if you have a couple hundred thousand dollars of equity in your home and you want to park that somewhere where it's at least going to appreciate relative to inflation, real estate's the only thing right now. I mean, unless you're a stock guy and you've got super good tips on stocks, I know in the last three months, crypto hasn't been the way to go, uh, but maybe that'll bounce back. I'm hoping it will. Right now, residential real estate is the place to park your money. So you have buyers that are local or non-local that are aggressively pursuing real estate without concern for the short-term market. They're panic buying. They're panic buying because they're literally like, my 200 grand last year only buys 170 grand today. So if I at least have it in real estate, my market, my money uh, stays on par and will appreciate, you know, above currently 27% is the uh, Canadian average real estate has gone up. I know Camus is more, BC is more, but th- that's, they're saying inflation is only 4%. I, I really don't know how they calculate that because if you've bought meat lately, if you've bought milk lately, if you've bought wood lately, if you've bought a vehicle lately and definitely real estate, you know, that number is not accurate. What's going to happen in 2022. That was the question that I started with. I don't believe the market is going to crash in 2022. The real estate market is not done appreciating because we haven't solved any of the supply and demand issues. In April, we'll probably have higher interest rates. In April, we'll probably have legislation come in that's going to affect the way transactions happen in the province of BC. I don't, I should say in Canada. I don't believe those are going to affect supply issues. I think they'll have marginal issues, marginal means by affecting the way demand works. Interest rates will probably affect demand more. The spring in 2022 in Canada is going to continue to rise. I don't believe there's any question with that right now. The demand is too high. When should you buy a home? Yesterday would have been better than today. If you are waiting to buy real estate because you are on the prospect of buying in the lowest market possible, you will never buy real estate because you never know where the, where the peaks and valleys are in your current perspective. I bought a, a, a rental property in 2007 at the peak, peak, peak of the market in that time frame. And I do, I do believe that it sat for five or six years in a negative equity situation. I, I was one of those people who bought an investment with zero money down because I just... How can you lose zero down with a 40-year amortization period? Which sounds crazy now to looking back on it, but um, I held on to the property. We had a debt service uh, where we were in a positive situation as a rental property. 
And equity-wise, it hurt me for years, but that hurt was just virtually, that was just ego. Uh, now that property is worth well over a hundred grand from what I paid for it, thanks to COVID, really knocking it up there in the last uh, you know couple of years. But the, the, the winners in real estate buy. The losers in real estate wait to buy. The winners in real estate actually don't ever really sell because selling is the end. Buying has unlimited potential for future. Selling is when you cash out. That's when you're done. So if you're waiting to buy, if you're trying to prospect the best time to buy, it was yesterday. And I promise you tomorrow will be a better day than Friday. It's my thoughts. 2022 real estate. I'm Parker Bennett, Royal LePage Westwind Realty, and here's Parker's perspective. Call Parker Bennett now for your complimentary home evaluation. 